Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. Welcome, sons and daughters of God, to this glorious celebration of our Lord's resurrection and of the new life that is ours in him. Thank you for taking the time to join us for this festival service, and we pray that it will feed you and carry you through the days ahead with great joy. We will be celebrating Holy Communion today, and so we invite you to prepare your bread and cup and be ready to join us for the meal around the table later in the service. But again, we welcome you to this festival day, and we praise God for the gift of new life. Let us prepare ourselves for worship. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. May his grace and peace be with you. May he fill our hearts with joy. Alleluia. Christ our light, thanks be to God. Alleluia.
with you. This is the Feast of Victory for our God. Alleluia. Let us pray. God of mercy, we no longer look for Jesus among the dead, for he is alive and has become the Lord of life. Increase in our minds and hearts the risen life we share with Christ and help us to grow as your people toward the fullness of eternal life with you. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading is from the 10th chapter of Acts. Peter's sermon, delivered at the home of Cornelius, a Roman army officer, is a summary of the essential message of Christianity. Everyone who believes in Jesus, whose life, death, and resurrection fulfilled the words of the prophets, receives forgiveness of sins through his name. 
a reading from Acts. Peter began to speak to the people. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what's right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John announced, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear not only to the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second reading is from the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians. The core of the Christian faith and Paul's preaching is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. As the crucified and risen Christ appeared to the earliest of his followers, so we experience the presence of the risen one in the preaching of this faith a reading from 1 Corinthians. Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaimed to you, which you in turn received, in which you also stand, through which also you are being saved, if you firmly hold to the message that I proclaimed to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I handed on to you as of first importance what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scripture, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But the by the grace of God, I am what I am, 
and his grace toward me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is in with, within me. Whether then it was I or they, so we pro proclaim, and so you have come to believe. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. The Gospel according to Mark. Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone from the entrance to the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked. But the angel said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. The women fled from the tomb, trembling and bewildered, and they said nothing to anyone because they were too frightened. This is the good news for us. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Please be seated. In the name of our risen Lord, amen. During Lent, some of us gathered together through Zoom. Think of that. We did it to take part in a film series called Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. And as I thought about that in connection to today, it dawned on me that 
That could really be a good subtitle for Easter. Because Easter begins in the dark. It really does. Remember, Jesus died sometime in the middle part of the afternoon on Friday. And at sundown, the Sabbath begins. And so if they had not taken Jesus' body down from the cross and hastily put it into a tomb, his lifeless body would have hung on that cross all the next day. And so that's why they took it down and put it into the tomb. And then at sundown, the Sabbath began. Which means at sundown on Saturday, the Sabbath was over. And Mark tells us that the women went out and bought spices, burial spices, in the darkness of that Saturday night. And there was a lot of fear in that darkness. Fear about what had just happened Fear about what was going to happen now that Jesus was dead. And Mark is not the only one who talks about fear and confusion in connection with the Easter story. All of the Gospels talk about the bewilderment and the fear and the confusion that took place all throughout the story in different ways. Now, Mark begins his gospel. The first words of his gospel are the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And if you begin to tell a story that way, talking about good news, wouldn't you think that you would end it differently? That you would not end it with fear and confusion? But he did. And I think we know what Mark was talking about. It's part of living. It's that feeling that we get for just a moment when the phone rings in the middle of the night and our first thought is, uh-oh, this can't be good. Or it's that churning in our stomach when we get a call from a loved one and their first words are, are you sitting down? It's the kind of fear we get as we grapple with the reality that our resources may not get us through and that we cannot go on with business as usual. It's what we have been wrestling with all year long, wondering what it's going to look like when we get on the other side of this pandemic, or when that's even going to be. We have this nagging feeling, this longing inside for something that we can call normal. But deep down, I think a lot of us are afraid that it's not going to really be normal. And we may not know how to cope with that new reality. Early in the morning, 
just as the darkness was lifting. Those women made their way to the tomb carrying those precious herbs and oils. They had come to comb out Jesus' hair to get rid of the dried blood. Dr. Mary Hinkle Shore of Southern Seminary says that in her first parish, after the funeral and after the, the, the committal service was finished in the cemetery, the local funeral director would come up to the family and say something like, that's all we can do for George. Or that's all we can do for Grandma. And he's right. Because this side of the grave, there's a point at which we've done all we can do for our loved one. And so these women were coming to the tomb to do all they can do for Jesus before they place him in the tomb forever. But there's a problem. How? There's that great big rock to deal with. Who's going to roll that stone away for us, they asked. Now, I'd like to just take a little bit and, and, and make a side point here. Those are the last human words spoken in Mark's gospel. The last thing any human being says in Mark's telling of the story is a pondering about how to deal with a massive problem. Hold on to that thought for just a bit. But when they got to the tomb, problem solved. The stone had already been rolled away. And it's interesting that they were not afraid to go into that cold, dark tomb. That's what they had come to do. But they were afraid. They were shocked at what they found there, or rather, what they didn't find. Instead of a dead Jesus, they discovered a young man who was definitely not Jesus, and that alarmed them. And maybe before he spoke to them, just in that instant, maybe they were afraid that they had missed their last opportunity to pour a little compassion on Jesus' broken body. Afraid that they were witnessing the last and final insult to this whole horrible affair. First, Jesus' body was, Jesus' life was stolen. And now his body is gone. And surely, they must have been afraid that death had won. Death, that ever-ravenous monster, had finally and utterly swallowed up their beloved Lord. But the young man spoke into their fear. 
Don't be alarmed. Don't be afraid. Jesus has been raised. He's not here. Look, there's where they laid him. But go and tell Peter and the others that you will see him out in Galilee just like he told you. And of course, this is the Easter proclamation. As Paul said, it is the thing that is the, the crux of our Christian faith. This is the news that makes all of the difference because if without this news, Jesus really wouldn't have mattered all that much. And truly, these women would have never been heard from. But this is the pivotal event of history. It's earth-shattering. It's world-changing. It's life-giving. He's been raised. There are some things that the awesome power of death just cannot digest. So why are the women still afraid? They've just heard this great news. But Mark says the women fled from the tomb for terror and amazement had seized them and they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. And here we are for this year's Easter celebration. Now we all know that there's a, a lot of fear and confusion that kind of hangs like a pall over so much of our living. There's a, a lot of that in our own personal emotional climate these days. So Mark's account is accurate. Fear and pain and confusion don't just go away when we hear that Easter news. And sometimes I wonder if that might be one of our greatest fears. That like those who came to the tomb on that first Easter morning and found it empty, that emptiness is all we get out of Easter. How many Easter's have you heard the good news? How many times have you heard the Easter proclamation and celebrated with all the splendor and all the wonderful music and pageantry only to return home and realize that you were pretty much unchanged and untouched. That after all has been said and done, the tomb is empty, and that's all there is. We find it hard to hope. Because things don't really change all that much in this old world, not really. Life keeps going on pretty much the way it always has for us. Until someone says about us, 
That's all we can do. Now that's pretty scary stuff. Boy, I wished I could take all of those fears away from you today. But it's not really up to me, is it? All I know is that Mark said his story was just the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. And I know that that story continued in spite of the fear and the confusion of that first Easter morning. I don't know how long it took. I don't know how long fear gripped those women to the point that they couldn't say anything to anyone. But at some point, the good news must have burst out of them. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. Maybe they just needed some time. Time to let the truth sink in. Time to recall that Jesus had told them this is the way things had to be. Time to let the good news of new life take root and begin to grow in them. And maybe with, with everything that's been going on in our lives and in our world, maybe we need some time too. Time to admit that we don't have all the answers to our fears. Time to realize that we can't explain this mysterious wonder of life springing forth out of death. Maybe this year, especially this year, we need to take some time to live with the tension and the irony that in Mark's story, Jesus isn't out among the beautiful lilies, but rather the risen Christ is in the midst of frightening things and frightened people. And it's okay to take our time because as Debbie Thomas said, it doesn't matter one bit if we believe on the spot or not. The tomb is empty. Death has been vanquished. Jesus lives, period. We are not in charge of Easter. God is. And Mark tells us that God raised Jesus not to hang around a cold and dark tomb, but to go out in and live in the Galilees where scary things can happen. And if that's true, then we can begin to ask, well, if God can do that, what else is God up to?
And if you'll permit me, I'd like to tell you. During a memorial service for a high school friend, there were lots of stories that were told about our life with him, and some of them were really funny. He was a funny guy, and we laughed a lot. Some may say that that's being disrespectful, that it's inappropriate. But I don't. I don't. Because we were laughing at death. Of course, we should always be sensitive to a family and their grief. But we also need to remember that the power of Easter is the power to laugh in the face of what scares us the most. Because an Easter laugh answers those words spoken by those women who will roll away the stone for us. God will. God is pushing against all of those stones and all of those problems and all of those obstacles that keep us from living a new life, rolling away the stones of our fear every day. God is finishing the story that seems to end so suddenly so that we can begin to see the living Christ alive and well in the Galilees in which we live. That's what God is up to. So yes, it might feel pretty dark. But don't be afraid. Just receive the Easter news and hold it and savor it. And if you need to take some time with it, that's okay. It will wait for you. It will be patient with you. It will whisper to you. Remember, we are Easter people by God. By God, the stone has been rolled back. The tomb is empty. Death has been defeated. So rejoice. Wipe away your tears and laugh. And run as fast as you can out to the Galilee where Jesus awaits us all. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia.
When we were baptized in Christ Jesus, we were baptized into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Today we rejoice in the good news that as we share in the cross of Christ, we also share in the resurrection of Christ. Therefore, I invite you to affirm your baptism with the Apostles' Creed by which we baptize. I believe believe in God, the the Father Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Dear members of God's family, on this Easter day, marked by both fear and joy, our prayers for the church, the world, and all in need include both heartfelt lament and fervent praise. The response to each prayer of mercy will be, your mercy endures forever. And the response to each acclamation of praise will be, Alleluia, thanks be to God. God, our sanctuary, we lament that we cannot gather today for public worship, that death stalks the church, and that our sorrows and fears blunt our songs of Alleluia. Show the church your mercy. Your mercy endures forever. And yet around the globe, we praise you for the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the grave, for our baptismal washing in his life, for his presence, for your presence come to us in the word, and for the hope the gospel brings. We praise you for the church. Alleluia. Thanks be to God. God, our creator, we lament that our lifestyles have harmed your creation and that our efforts to repair your earth are now postponed. Show the earth your mercy. Your mercy endures forever. And yet we praise you for the beautiful beauty of the natural world, for springtime flowers and budding trees, for the soil 
and rain that nourish the crops. We praise you for the earth. Alleluia. Thanks be to God. God, our governor, we lament that war and violence still rage, that countless people suffer injustice, that the plight of refugees seems beyond solution, that appropriate governmental action is delayed and inadequate. Show the world your mercy. Your mercy endures forever. And yet we praise you that there is peace on our streets and that some elected, elected officials and many aid agencies are devoting themselves to save the people and to share our food and that we are given connection to friends and family through technology. We praise you for community. Alleluia. Thanks be to God. God, our physician, we lament all who suffer, especially those close to us, those who we name here before you now. And for those we lift up now to you in our hearts and aloud. But especially we lament the coronavirus and its incalculable suffering, the many thousands sick, the fear instilled, the loss of employment, the cancellation of plans, the overflow in hospitals, the scarcity of supplies, the exhaustion of medical staff. Show all the needy your mercy. Your mercy endures forever. And yet we praise you for health and well-being wherever it thrives, for the dedication of medical workers, for the goodwill of volunteers, for the generosity of benefactors, and for the comfort we receive from the power of the resurrection. We praise you for healing. Alleluia. Thanks be to God. God, our everlasting arms, mother us in our heartache and distress. Receive now our personal laments and help each of us to praise your name. We praise you for hearing our prayers. Alleluia. Thanks be to God. God, our life eternal, we lament the thousands dead and the sadness of all who mourn. And we remember for you, before you, all who have died in the faith. Show to all humanity your mercy. Your mercy endures forever. And yet here we join in our alleluias and we praise you on this Easter day for your promise of an endless banquet of joyous life in your presence when disease and sorrow will be no more. 
In life and death we praise you. Alleluia. Thanks be to God. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who are source of life, word of salvation, and power of mercy, into your hands we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your compassionate might for the sake of him who lived, died, and rose for us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. And also with you. May we greet one another with the sign of Christ's peace. Christ's peace be with you.
Dear friends, on this celebration of new life, we know that this is very unusual, that we can't fill this sanctuary to overflowing. And yet we are together in the new life that Christ gives to us on this Easter day. Some will gather later outside to worship. Others will watch on their screens. But Christ is with us all, giving us the promise of new life and being family together in him. So I invite you to prepare your bread and cup as we share this meal of new life and forgiveness. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is indeed right to give you our thanks and praise, O God, for you have raised Jesus Christ from the dead and swallowed up death forever. You made the world and all that is in it. You made this day, and we will be glad and rejoice in it. For this is the day your prophets testified about, when you destroyed the shroud of death and opened the gates of salvation to all who believe. You sent your Son, Jesus, among us, anointed with your Holy Spirit and power to preach peace and heal all who were oppressed. When he was put to death and buried, you broke open the tomb and raised him on this day now we need never again search for him in the places of buried dreams, for he is alive and reaches out to us, wiping away our tears and calling us by name. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn.
In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then after supper he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for them to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The risen Christ invites us to his table. Come, eat and be satisfied. I invite you to share your bread and cup with all who wish to commune in your gathering or by yourself if you are alone. Please eat and drink with these words. This is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you. If you do not wish to commune at this time, please hear and receive this word of blessing. God loves you very much, and you are God's son, God's daughter.
May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Let us pray. Wellspring of joy, through this meal you have put gladness in our hearts. Satisfy the hunger that's still around us and send us as joyful witnesses that your love may bring joy to the hearts of all people. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Again, we welcome you to this day of celebration and new life. And pray that our time together fed you both in word and meal and will carry you through the days ahead with great joy. Reminder that next Sunday we will begin a new worship schedule. We will be having two services here in the sanctuary, one at 8.30 and one at 11. And we will have uh, hosting 40 people at each service and we invite you to go on our website to make your reservation. We, do, we will be taking reservations for that. Uh, we will also be live streaming our 11 o'clock service. So you won't be able to see our services on Saturday night the way we have been throughout this past year. But you can see them on Sunday live at 11 and anytime thereafter on YouTube. We are also very much involved in spreading joy and new life throughout the world through the African Children Today ministry. And uh, we invite you to consider uh, looking about sponsoring a child for $35 a month. That $35 will bring new life to a child in Uganda and will mean a huge difference to their life and the life of their community. I invite you to join me and Susan as we've sponsored a child and are looking forward to, to hearing uh, the news of her life as she grows there in Uganda. Now please hear this assurance of grace. God has always loved you. God loves you now and God will love you forever. This is the good news that gives us new life, the Easter life. So we go about our days trusting that God will bless us and keep us, that God's face will shine on us with grace and mercy, that God will look upon us with favor and will give us Peace. Amen. Alleluia. Christ is risen. Christ is risen, risen indeed. indeed. Alleluia. Go in peace. Share the good news. 
Alleluia. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Alleluia. Alleluia.